I'm wrestling, you're not waiting for me. Celebrate what I am. Celebrate what I have been. Celebrate what I represent. And celebrate the many ways I have impacted your life. I will survive this test as I have survived others. I am forever etched into the very fiber of all mankind. The world needs me. Time is on my side. History guarantees me. I am wrestling. Do not wait for me. What's up, everybody? This is your host, Ben Askren, as always with Tommy Rollins. Episode number 33. We are going to talk about recruiting again. So, Tommy, uh, what's up? I know you got some feedback from last week. Uh, tell, tell us about it. Well, you know, I thought uh, I thought we really touched on some good stuff. I was kind of surprised, kind of not, at how many people reached out and said it was a good episode. They liked it. They also, you know, had my back on our talent conversation. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, but on, anyway. On that episode, I, when we do that episode, I'm going to kick your ass. Just, yeah, let's just do it. Let's, let's, you know what? I'll give you guys like three weeks lead time. You and Martin can have, you know, pep talks with each other leading up to it. But at I, any rate, I, I thought. I don't want Martin because I, I want, I don't want it to be two on one. That's like a handicap match. I think one on one is definitely more fair. I, I'm okay. more of a straight up kind of guy. You know, if we're taking it from, Two angles that, that I, I mean, I don't think you'd be able to handle that at all. All right. Well, okay. You, you know what? You could pick how we compete and uh, I'll bring it. But at any rate, back to the recruiting, uh, you know, I could tell by the, by the flexion in your voice that you were just excited to talk about that process. And I was too. And, and I'm glad that the listeners, at least I think that they liked it. Um, it is July. It's the middle of the summer. And, it's probably the most appropriate thing to talk about for these next few weeks. And then obviously we have the Olympic games, but I'm excited to, 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 to dive back in and cover some other things, maybe revisit a few things, but for the most part, cover some other things just relating to the recruiting landscape. And, um, I don't know about you, but, um, you know, I think, I I mean, I, I I can see us doing three episodes, honestly. Yeah. I mean, Um, we'll we'll see how far we get tonight. Obviously we have our little sheet that we have and, you know, the right. further we get, the maybe we'll finish it in two, maybe it'll go to three. But, you know, one of the things I guess you said I, I was excited. Hell yeah, I'm excited. Uh, but one of the things <laughs> I'm most excited about is just I feel like there's so much misinformation uh, around the recruiting process. So for two guys who went through the process themselves and then obviously spent time at major Division one universities and then were coaches afterwards, so we spent time in the recruiting process afterwards. So, you know, we've seen it from all angles, Tommy. Um, and so for us to kind of dispel some of the myths and kind of tell people how it was, that made me feel good because I, I had a lot of parents at my club um, listen to it and just tell me how much they appreciated. I know I had a couple parents, uh, they were not from my club, but their kids went to, uh, they were seniors this year, so they're going to college. They're like, oh my God, why didn't this happen 12 months ago? I would, this would have helped out so much. So, you know, I'm, ha- I'm happy because we got to share some information that people don't have access to on a regular basis. Absolutely. And we've got more to share. And I, you know, I actually feel like, you know, it's not like I started this, we started this podcast to make an impact on people and really influence them. It just was more or less a way to just share our ideas. But, you know, I did get a couple uh, reach outs from folks and I feel like we helped them uh, navigate the landscape a little bit better, help them understand really how it goes down. So that's exciting. 
Definitely. So let, let's get into what we got this week. Yeah, let's. I, I do have a couple notes from last week. One is going to be one's going to be a statement, Man. and then the other one's going to be. I'm going to make a statement, and you're probably just going to agree with it. We're going to move on. I'm guessing. So number one, one of the big tournaments we didn't leave in, and I got an email from this guy was the Super 32. Um, that's a fall tournament. It is huge. You know what? It wasn't around when you and I were coming through, which is probably why it didn't have such an impact on us. But I definitely, I do know uh, from college coaches. From athletes, that's a big tournament as far as recruiting is concerned. Do you agree? I do agree. I mean, obviously, yeah, it's it's a big one. Okay, and then the second statement I got, uh, and I almost felt like a dope for um, uh, for not bringing it up. But one thing we didn't hit on at all last week because we, you know, what we talked about is how to get recruited and what coaches are looking for. We didn't really talk about the academic front, and um, you know, obviously. There's there's all kinds of different levels there. There's all kinds of different things you can talk about. But you know if if you're if you are if you're a super blue chip recruit, they're they're gonna try to get you in no matter what. But we've seen you know I could name ten. You give me thirty seconds, I can name ten of them. Kids that were the best of the best that couldn't go D one because they didn't have the grades. And then Correct. if you're a borderline kid and they see a, a seventeen on the ACT and a two point three, they're gonna be like, uh, do we really want this headache? Because uh, it's going to be a headache when they get to college, right? So, I mean, do you feel that same way about the academic process? Or is there anything else you want to add there? I do. I agree with what you're saying. I think, by and large, when we're talking about the blue chip of the blue chip, the coach just it's it's worth his time. Like, for example, if you're a blue chip, if you're Mark Hall caliber, that coach doesn't have to invest nearly the amount of time to develop you as a wrestler because you're sure. ready. You're ready to aim fire when you show up. So if all they have to do is babysit you and make sure that you go to go to class and show up for the tests and get seized the whole time, then they might think the juice is worth the squeeze on that. But but if you're not Mark Hall, if you're not, you know, Logan Steber and, you know, those types of recruits, if you're this guy that got fourth in Fargo and then third the next year and you beat a bunch of good guys, but you also lost to a few of them, and it's kind of like nip and tuck as to whether or not um, you can make it at the next level, and they've got 70% to offer at 141, and you're a 41-pounder. And that guy that you've been trading wins and losses with for the past three years has a 3.6, and he got a 27 on the ACT. And you guys are kind of um, a crapshoot on wrestling. Who are they taking, Ben? Oh, the, the easy academic one, no doubt. Right. No doubt. So so it becomes, it becomes a factor. It, it becomes a factor, and you need to you need to you don't have to be a 4.0 but you need to be perceived as not a liability academically yeah. especially with the new APR stuff and um, that was coming in just as kind of I was finishing my coaching career and, and at the visual level but the APR stuff is you know that makes people want to take even less risks because what the APR says is however many kids you bring in you have to graduate a certain percentage of them or else your team risk ineligibility at the postseason play, um, which is obviously a very, very big deal. Uh, you know, it's the biggest deal in wrestling because that's, you know, all a lot of people care about. And that has happened. I think there have been a couple teams who have been banned from postseason competition because the APRs were too low. So um, obviously you said the headache, but now, now coaches are worried about the APR also. So they're even less likely to take risks than they may have been five or ten years ago. 
Yeah, and you've got coaches getting bonused based on the team's cumulative GPA, based on the improvement, based on how many scholar athletes you produced, based on how many academic all-conference athletes you produced. So they're incentivized to really, um, you know, broaden that, that impact that you can have on the student athlete. I mean, it's a recruiting tool also to walk into next year's recruits and say, Hey, our, our team collectively has a 2.9 GPA or 3.1. Uh, the starting lineup majors in this, this, that and the other. And so if you can't contribute to that and you're not a, just a flat out surefire winner, it, it's going to influence, um, the recruiting process in various ways. So my best advice, my most practical advice academically is that they can't wonder if you're a liability. So do you need to be a super genius? No. Do you need to have a 4.0? No. But I would say that if you're a 3.0 and you're scoring 23, 24, 25 on the ACT, they're like, bring him in. He's not a liability. We need to find out what his goals are academically, what type of, and we need to, you know, foster that and facilitate that goal of his so that he can speak highly of how we, you know, uh, you know, create, you know, great athletes, but also we, we foster, you know, their academic achievements. So I kind of sound like a recruiter right there, but, um, <laughs> what I'm getting at is that, you know, the biggest, the crooks of the matter is you cannot be a liability. You don't have to be a super genius. If you're a 3.0 and you're getting recruited against a 4.0, I don't think they're going to take the 4.0 over the 3.0 because of the grades. What, what do you think, Ben? No, I, yeah, I, I would say, you know what, in high school I was a 3.1 student, in college I was a 3.1 student. Uh, I was more focused on wrestling than anything, and, you know, that's not something I'm proud of. That's just how it was, period. Right. And it worked out for me. But uh, I always knew that, I, like like you're saying, I couldn't make school liability. I had to take care of business, so, you know, I never had to not miss a class if I wanted to go to a tournament or, you know, or whatever it was. So whenever I asked a favor in a class, I could get a favor because I was – a student who showed up, who did his work, and, uh, you know, the teacher had a little bit of faith in me. Yeah, absolutely. So you just need to be out of the crosshairs. You can't be in the, the fast lane on the academic, uh, you know, negligence, so to speak. Sure. So let's get on to uh, the first topic on the docket today, which would be how recruiting has changed since we were in college. And um, you know, I, we, there, there's been a, a few awesome examples for just for the sake of this show uh, that we're going to get to talk about. But um, Tommy, I know you've been talking to Jay Jaggers. Do you want to try to fill people in on kind of how it's yeah. changed in the last ten years? Well, I recruited. Um, I was the recruiting director, you know, the the second assistant coach at Ohio State, and the recruiting you know director, so to speak, from. Gosh, I forget the years, but it was like 07 to 2010, something along those lines. Okay. I forget the years. Three years I was, I was head of recruiting at Ohio State. So I knew at that time the NCAA rules inside and out, upside down. And, um, what about backwards and backwards? And so, <laughs> so that being said, even at the time when I knew I knew the rules better than as good as anybody in the, in the NCAA. I still had a hard time following them all. That's how complex and sophisticated the rules are. Add another layer to that, Ben, and you know this, but I'm telling our viewers, it's ever-changing. Ever-changing. The, the, the rules. You see how thick what, that damn book is? Yeah. What what, what made Good sense Lord. last year and what was completely legal last year is illegal now. And what was illegal last year and clearly a violation is now legal. So yeah, I'm now six I'm now six years removed from – 
knowing those rules. And so since it's since the landscape's like that and it's ever changing all the time, I feel like I'm a little bit out of the loop. I know I know more than our viewers about the whole thing, <laughs> but I feel like I'm a little bit out of the loop. So I talked to Jay Jaggers, who is, you know, the recruiting director at Ohio State. Um, he didn't share a lot with me, but he basically said, you know, July 1st, as you and I know it, Ben, and as you and I discussed, and we kind of said this, but July 1st going into your senior year is no longer this grand um, uh, reveal of, of who's truly interested in you. The, that grand reveal takes place September 1 of your junior year. So it's, you know, eight or nine months prior to July 1st going into your senior year, September 1, because Coaches at that time um, can I, and, and don't correct. I, I might be wrong. Call, call and text. They can call, text, and email with juniors. Uh, I I'm, I even want to sure say that, it might I'm be on. Pretty sure that's correct. And I don't. It might even be unlimited. I don't even know anymore. I it think might, it is I, unlimited now. I think they yeah. they, they put it. I remember. I remember obviously during my time. I know one of the big things they always enforced, and it was so dumb because Once. Um, it would be like. I'm just gonna hell. I'm gonna admit some violations here. Oh boy. Oh boy. Here we go. Ben Asker. So I remember, like, you could only call a kid once a week, right? Well, so if I call him on Tuesday and say the kid calls me on Friday, well, I can't call him back, right? How stupid, yeah. Tommy? That's freaking stupid, right? And so just, just, it's yeah, stupid. It, it, so I, so I remember a, a handful of times I would like text his coach that I knew, you know, and say. Hey, tell him to call me back again in ten minutes because I I can't call him back. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You know, it's like it, it I I did all kinds of goofy stuff. So like, ridiculous. Yeah. So um, I don't know. Is that a violation? Probably is. Who knows? I don't. I don't even remember if it is or not. <laughs> I you know I know one thing that changed multiple times during is can you text? Because for a while texting was cool and then it was completely banned and then it came back now it's again. back and yeah it's so anyways you're, you're you're proving the point that we're both making here that the the, the 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 flow of the rules going back and forth is so ever-changing that if you're out for more than a year you're out you don't even know what's going on anymore yeah definitely and um but it's interesting because you know kind of like you know common sense does not prevail in the NCAA rule book Never, um, never. It never. It's kind of like Hillary, you know, not getting charged with her thing. I mean, it's just oh, common sense. Oh, geez, we're gonna go there. That is common sense. So the, the the funny thing about that is, um, the report pretty much threw under the damn bus, but then they're like yeah. being a charger. I'm, I, because, I was like, whoa, because I think, you threw under think, the bus here, and then you did. I don't know. I think on. I think the FBI got told you're not going to indict yeah. her. Yeah, but the so. FBI. The FBI and the leaders in the FBI wanted to maintain their integrity in their investigation, and they wanted to say, "Hey, she's not going to be charged, but she's a moron." And <laughs> well, <laughs> possibly even worse than a moron, you know? Possibly she. Uh, oh man, you know, half, of our, viewers, half of our viewers. At least half of our viewers are mad at us right now, so we no, should get off. I would think, listen, and like people who read the headlines that say Hillary's not charged, they see see all you conservatives, you guys are a holes because I knew Hillary wouldn't be charged, like. If you took thirty seconds to just read the the general report, it pretty much says Hillary's guilty, but we're not going to charge her. I mean, that, that's what it says. Let's right. just get down to it. So yeah. let's get off politics. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. Tommy. Anyways, common sense does not prevail, okay. so it's impossible to follow um, all the rules one hundred percent of the time. I got a funny NCAA violation story for you, though. Uh oh, let's go. Uh, I love violations. It was it was my coach Russ Hellickson did not commit a violation, but he was funny about. <laughs> I was an 18-year-old freshman, 
and I was walking home um, after practice in the dark in the snow. Um, I was like a hundred yards away from what, our facilities. Up, uphill both ways. No, but it was snowing. <laughs> it was snowing in the dark, and uh, I'm walking to my dorm. My dorm's like you know maybe 500 yards away, and my Russ Ellickson pulls up close to me and he goes, "Hey, you want to ride home?" And I said, "Sure, Russ, that'd be great." He goes, "I can't. It's an NCAA violation." <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me you at least threw a snowball at him. Oh, I just laughed. It was great. Was it really I mean, a violation? It, it, it was. I mean, Come yeah, on. it must have been at the time. But I remember it clear as day because I'm like, sure, I'll take a ride home. And he obviously, you know. It was a setup. Yeah. So. That's, that's um, anyways, let's, right? let's move on. But that was a funny um, story. Yeah. So, I mean, I think rules aside, the way that the process has changed since we were in school was it sped up. By a long shot, it's it's way far ahead of where it was. I mean, no one was committing as freshmen when I when me or you were coming through, um, and even committing as juniors didn't. It didn't really happen, Tommy. It really didn't. I mean, it no, very, it didn't. It was, it was extremely rare. So I think I think that brings up uh, a very unique set of circumstances, and I think we've kind of discussed this a little bit. But I mean, just recently in the news, you had Adam Busiel just finished his freshman year. Um, committed to Penn State, and then you had two guys who committed early to Iowa. They now reneged their commitments. And so, you know, the one thing i got to say about this, Tommy, and I I understand where the colleges are coming from because it is a race to get people, right? But it's such a tough position because we've all seen those freshmen that are are world beaters, right? They're the best of the best. And then, you know, say you say, oh, I want to sign that guy, and they, you know, they commit, and um, do you honor that scholarship through, let's say, a Chris Phillips, right? Um, would be a great example of someone who, he was literally right. the best in the country as a freshman and then never got much better. You know, another one that I, I remember was, uh, I don't know if I remember a kid named Felipe Martinez, I think also from Ohio. Of course. And there was that video yeah, on Fold. He was just killing, like, uh, I, I don't remember who he was killing. He was an eighth grader, though, and he was killing, like, juniors and seniors that were ranked number one in the country. And then no you know, doubt. he kind of fizzled before he even hit his senior year in high school. So um, I think that that makes an interesting conundrum because, yeah, you want to get these commits. But I, me, if I was a college coach right now, I'd be like, I'm an honorable guy. And if I tell someone to do something, I want to honor that. But at the same time, you're freaking taking – you're playing Russian roulette by signing freshmen or getting them to commit. You're playing Russian roulette by signing freshmen. I think it's just a dis- – the whole thing is disappointing because, I mean, it, as much as I feel like I'm going to be an independent – I'm going to let my children be independent in their decisions, uh, Ben, I am not letting my 14- or 15-year-old sons or daughters decide what college they're going to. So in the event that they're influenced by a process that is wrong – the recruiting process where there's undue pressure on them to make a commitment. I'm going to have to make that decision with them, possibly, you know, kind of in a sick and twisted way for them. Yeah. Because how does a 14 or 15 year old kid know what is best for them? And they don't. They don't. I don't. Not at all. I don't and care what anybody tells me. On top of that, listen, not every recruiter that comes to your house, Tommy, is going to be honest and forthcoming with your son or daughter, right? There's going to be some of them that freaking sell them up the river. They'll tell them everything they want to give them a sign. I, I, you know, I got, I got a, a couple of funny texts that, you know, from just from guys listening to the podcast who are very high level division one college wrestlers and, you know, tell me funny stories about certain coaches that would tell them one thing and then the next thing you know, it's totally, something totally different. 
right? And so now you're talking about yep. does a 14, 15 year old, do they know what they really want, right? And so, some of them no. do. Some of, some of them maybe do. But then, well, I, you got I, people, I can say this, adults then. in their life not being totally honest with them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bad process. The early commitment route is a bad process. I mean, the thing is, is that if you're a college coach, it is your livelihood. Let's, let's be frank here. It's, 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 it's how you put food on the table for your family. So if your competition is engaging in a practice that allows them to get recruits and you're going to be honorable and, and not, and not exploit a process that is allowable and watch your competition beat you. You're not, you know, as long as it's legal and your competition's doing it, you're going to feel compelled to do it. So I do not, I don't blame the coaches. I really don't. Um, it's wrong. So what about, what about, and, and, you know, it's even more prevalent in female sports, Ben. Is it? I don't know that. Oh yeah. Big time. Well, I don't pay attention to female sports that much. So. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. Uh, but I was thinking, you know, what happened at Penn State, right, when uh, they initially got Thomas Haynes to commit early, and then they recruited – and these are – it's a heavyweight, right? And then they recruited um, uh, Nevels over the top of him. So then Haynes decommits. So is that like – you know, and then this obviously just happened at Iowa where they got the Mejia guy from, from Fresno, California, I think he's from, and – then they signed Spencer Lee, who's the same grade. Same, they're both 25-pounders. Then neither one's going to get much bigger. They signed Spencer Lee over the top of him. Um, so that's almost kind of – I feel like that's almost dishonorable because you're, you're essentially – the kids see the writing on the wall. If, if Spencer Lee's coming in at your same weight and your same grade, you're like, well, I'm never going to freaking see the light of day here. Um, I guess I'm out, right? Well, well, I, I don't blame the kid for, for peacing out on Iowa. Um, I don't know if the word dishonorable is appropriate, Ben, because you're just I'm trying to get. You. A, I'm asking you. What do you think? I don't think it is dishonorable to recruit um two guys at the same weight. It's a it's it's kind of counterintuitive to offer scholarship money to two heavyweights that are the same age or two twenty five pounders at the same age because you really can't do anything about it. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. one's gonna be the other guy's backup. So, do you really want greater than one collective scholarship occupying? Uh, a weight class that where people can't cut down or beef up. So that obviously, you know, I don't, I question the strategy there, but I don't think it's dishonorable to recruit. But what I'm saying is, listen, if you're the Iowa head coach or if you're Kale in this other situation and you sign Spencer Lee, now listen, you gotta, you kind of gotta sign Spencer Lee, right? If, right. If you got the opportunity, but you already had this kid, you already talked him into coming to school. He, he, he committed to you. Um, he showed some loyalty there. He showed some trust there. You know Spencer Lee can beat him. And you know Spencer, you know, so you know the kids never see the light of day. Um, do you, what do you tell that kid at that point? If, if, Tommy, if you truly have that kid's best interest in mind, what do you tell the kid? Go find go find another place? What, what do you tell him? Um, you know, Ben, I mean, I, aside from it being 25 and heavyweight, you know, that's that's the part, that's the only part that, I kind of see what you're yeah, saying, yeah, yeah, because sure. it's like there's nowhere to go. Sure, but but if I so so with that being said, I think you've got a good point. If it were any of the other eight weight classes, well, could, I would I could, would say this to the kid. I'd say we recruited you because you're talented and yeah. you're 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 a great kid, and we believe in your ability to be successful at the next level. 
We are doing nothing with the scholarship offer that we offered you. It's still standing. We are still going to pour our heart and soul into you, and the chips will fall where they may. No, sure. you know, Spencer Lee's spot is not guaranteed, sure. and yes, he's a very good wrestler, um, and, and yeah, maybe he can beat you now. But either way, the, the chips will fall where they may. You'll find your way in the lineup. If you're great, you'll be great. So that's what I would say in the other eight weight classes. But at 25 and heavyweight, you have a point. And I don't But even think- like, uh, let's say a Penn State right now where they had, and maybe we're talking a year ago, right? Because now that, now that these guys are getting older, but we had a, a Rutherford Nolf. Those dudes, didn't, they ain't going anywhere, right? Um, and then you got a Hall and a Vincenzo Joseph coming at 65. And then you got Manville on the board, right? And then so I'm saying, where's Manville going to go? Right? And he was, I, I believe, he was the earliest to commit um, in, in that. You know, you, you know the, other, the other thing, the other thing though, is, is I that. I would say the athletes just got to look out for them, their best interest. They got to look out for their best interest for sure. I mean, you you know, at the end of the day, you don't owe anybody anything. When, sure. when you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, some in some cases you do, but I'm what I'm saying is, is that. You owe people something when you make an agreement. Um, but outside of that, you do what's best for you. And you don't know, we don't know the recruiting process. We don't know. Kale Sanderson might have said, Hey, I want you to come here and we've got 50% for you, but I want to be com- completely tra- clear and transparent with you. We will find whoever we think is best for this program, regard of, regardless of weight class. And it's survival of the fittest. It is straight up Darwinism here. Yeah. And yeah. you've got to be able to roll with the punches on that. And, and, you know, I, he probably wouldn't word it that way. It'd probably be said a little bit more eloquently, but that's probably the root of, of the pitch. I mean, I've been a part of those types of conversations before. I'm sure you have too. Yeah. So it, it depends on a lot of things. I gotta, I gotta defend, hold on, hold I gotta on, defend Tommy, the coaches Tommy, 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 a little bit. Tommy. Yep. Yeah. Uh, hold on. You broke, you were, you were kind of crapping up there. I've been losing you a little bit too, but really? it just keeps, yeah, I have. Yep. Bizarre. Um, you sound clear right now. So just continue okay. wherever you're at. Uh, so, anyways, I've got to I've got to defend the coaches a little bit there, and I know that you aren't trying to throw them on the bus, but it's just it's a very complex and sophisticated process. Do coaches intentionally uh, manipulate situations? Of course they do. Um, I've seen it, um, and it, it goes on all the time. But you know, it, how you design your program and how you speak to your prospective recruits is 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 how you build your program. So the sure. pitch could be different depending on pro the program. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, and, and I agree with that. And, and you know, and, and I remember that thought process going into Missouri is um, when guys come in, I don't want guys worried about where they're start. I want guys um, thinking about winning national titles because if they're that good, they're, they're going to find a place for themselves in the lineup somewhere. It is true. You, you see these guys that get worried about their wrestle-off they're worried about their wrestle off though. You know, who, who you got coming in here? You know, is that guy going to be a 33 or 41? What are your thoughts on this? And they're, they're all valid questions. Don't get me wrong. But then you ask them what their goals are. I want to win multiple national titles. It's like, Hey, bro, if that's really the case, and I do believe you have the potential to win multiple national titles, should you really be concerned about your wrestle off? I mean, yeah. should it really even be on your radar? You got to beat America. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's that's the truth. So you're right, Ben, is what I'm trying to say. Okay. So um, so let me ask you this question, Tommy. When we're talking about the the new trend that's happening with these kids just committing so early with the verbals, should they just take the freaking verbal out of it and just call it like, I have a crush on this person, you know? So, so there's no real cr- – like, I got a crush in Iowa – Maybe it's like a, uh, a part of their Facebook status. Oh, you know, uh, dude. Uh, we should we – should, 
We should get a website. We should just become a more of a, a little bit more of like a mini media source and have like um, instead of verbal commitments, we we call them like uh, recruit crushes. 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 So it's like uh, you know this guy's crushing on Oklahoma State right now. But I'm not. <laughs> That'd be I'm awesome. Not, I'm not going that, steady yet, though. No, you're not going steady. Not you're just crushing. You're crushing on the Cowboys, you know, and all that stuff. I, I agree. Um, I, I really am disappointed in the whole recruiting process. I'm disappointed that you got 14 and 15 year old kids um, making adult decisions. I'm disappointed in it. Yeah. So what? I mean, obviously, without Bro, what I wanted to say about 14 and 15 year old kids. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Well, all I wanted to say is a 14 or 15 year old kid, Ben, the most mature 14 and 15 year old kid that I know. I know that by that time. They can know this about themselves. I want to be great. Yeah. I want I, – I believe that that thought process, that cognitive thought process can occur inside a 14-year-old kid. But I don't believe a 14-year-old kid can handle adult conversations about your future yeah. ages 18 to 23 and what's best for you and the thought – I don't think that they can handle that type of situation. Sure. And I, and I, I would uh... – I would tend to agree with you. So, so besides more regulation, which the last thing we want, Tommy, is more NCAA rules. Uh, is there really any way you can stop this? Because my my general feeling is no. It's you know one of those keeping up with the Joneses situation where once it goes early, it goes early. Hell, we're gonna Tommy before too long, we're gonna see some freaking middle school kid commit somewhere, and it's gonna be totally ridiculous. Yeah, I don't think you can stop it, especially in the. The information age where, you know, you can get a hold of, you know, any Tom, Dick or Harry media outlet and release a verbal commitment and then it hits the wire and everybody else is obligated to talk about that or their media, um, their media current event area is, is stale. So the second somebody says, I commit on Twitter, Flow Wrestling's got to talk about it. Intermat's got to talk about it. Everybody's got to talk about it because if they don't, they're not current events. So the second some kid says, I'm doing this, I mean, dude, 20 years ago, the only reason, the only way a kid could announce a commitment is to call up the newspaper and say, I'm doing this. And, no and now, find out about it because it's now a he's, local newspaper. Right. And now he's got to get, all he's got to do is get on his smartphone. He's got 10,000 followers and then boom, it's over. That's you know what I mean? guys decommitted last night to Iowa. They got on their Twitter. They put a little message up. Done deal. Did you see, now, now let me, let me go here. Um, because this is kind of right up the alley of what we've been talking about, and then it's going to kind of bring us into our next topic. And I, I don't recall the college. It was I want to say Texas A and M, but I could be wrong. But there was a verbal commitment situation, and the kid decided to go somewhere else. And the assistant coach from the college football team, which I think was Texas A and M, I'm not 100, percent got on Twitter and blasted this kid for changing his commitment. You know, changing his commitment, and he said something like. Is there no honor? That's what's wrong with these kids these days. All this stuff. But then we go back to it. Like, if that coach has a, the opportunity to sign someone better than that kid at the position, tell me he ain't doing it. Tell yeah. me he's not doing it. So I felt like that college coach was being ridiculously judgmental. And honestly, I thought he kind of made an ass of himself, uh, you know, nationwide because everyone can see well, social it's media. Like, yeah, it's like even if he's right, he shouldn't be talking. Like, I mean, how does that help him at all? Doesn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, hey, okay. question, question for you though, Ben. Sure, I love Do, questions. So when when a freshman 
commits, like this uh, kid from New York uh, committed to Penn State. What's his Yellow. name? Bootyello or something? Bootyello. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, I think it's Bootyello with an A. Yeah. So when he commits to Penn State as a freshman, sure. do you feel a sense of obligation as a as another college coach and another Hell big Hell no. You, you feel like you should be able to recruit him? Yes. 100%. I I completely agree. I don't think there's any honor or integrity in saying, "Oh, you committed." To, it's like you know what? Where's the honor and integrity in getting a commitment out of a 14 year old kid to yes, begin with? Seriously. So so it's a scrap. You made it that way because you got a commitment out of a freaking 14 year old phenom instead of letting the process be vetted. So Tommy, uh, you know one of the things we kind of talked about there was uh, you know coaches going going behind each other's back or. Um, if you had to give a percentage, right? I'm kind of I'm kind of putting the gun here. If you had to give a percentage, what percentage of Division One college wrestling coaches do you think use sneaky or underhanded tactics to sign recruits? Such as, I'll give you a handful. Uh, when I was going to Missouri, when I when I when I decided I was crushing on Missouri, as we like to say, earlier, <laughs> every, and you know, the college coach said, "Who do you like?" And I would always say, "You know, I enjoyed my time there." Well. Uh, Every coach would say, you can't win there. Brian Smith never won a national title. Missouri's never had a national champion. Um, and would be very negative talking towards that university, which kind of made me feel like they were insecure. Like, just tell me what yeah. you're good at and tell, tell me why I can't be successful with someone else. You know, all the way to, I know, I heard of, this seems so freaking bizarre to me because it, it was not my program, but... I heard of a, a college coach taking a recruit like down a dark country road and like, like almost threatening him to to commit. Not I would a threat might be a little extreme, but putting some very strong pressure on him to get him to commit um, before he left the recruiting trip that weekend. So, what percentage of college coaches do you think use sneaky or underhanded tactics such as that? Um, when you say sneaky and underhanded, you mean legal but bush league tactics, right? Sure, you know, or you know, it could be lying. Um, I, mean, I think obviously, I, if I would it was say, illegal, that'd be even more bush league than what we're talking about. Yeah, I would say that legal, but bush league. I would say half of the college coaches um, engage in that type of dialogue. And so how, well, how many were you saying? I guess I, I guess I admitted earlier to committing a recruiting violation. As stupid as that one was, um, right? But I, I guess how I many? Think, I think in terms of intentional. Intentional, um, illegal, um, recruiting tactics, uh, you know, habitually, you know what I mean? Just like that's their, that's their modus operandi. I would say 5%. Wow. Okay. So that's pretty low. So, yeah, but mean, half, but half of them, half of them, and it's, it's not really about being unethical. It's just they just have a terrible, uh, I'm not saying half of them, but like they just, they just resort to tactics that do not, my opinion would would not penetrate the mind of a kid or a or a parent that is really thinking clearly. To your point, it'd sure. be like it's almost like an insecurity. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. And I will tell you, I don't want I, I people came out of the woodwork. I think I think wrestlers really liked that episode we did too because I had another guy tell me um, when he was he was assistant coaching in a smaller Division One program. He's like, you would not believe all the rules the head coach broke. It was like, <laughs> I mean, he's like. He did this. He did this. He did this. This head coach is no longer coaching at the Division One level because he got the he got shit canned for what. Oh he did. God! There you go. But uh, awesome. this guy was like he broke so many rules. So 
Um, I know we we have talked about it. it's kind of like a good old boy system. Uh, you know, at what point? How how many rules or how bad are rules do you think a coach has to break where you know where you, before you're going to say something? Well, what was it like when I was in a college coach, or what would I be like now if I were a college coach? Um, well, give, universe... us, give us both. Give us both. Well, I was younger, and I, you know, just I don't know. I was more. Um, trained to think like an old school because that's all I ever knew was the wrestling the wrestling culture you know what I mean and, and I love the wrestling culture but just the old school you know honorable you know let's not you know say bad things or do bad uh, bad things about each other whatever so you know I, I heard about um, you know illegal activity or things that shouldn't be done that people were consciously doing and I thought that I was being a good steward of the sport by keeping my mouth shut and just whining myself or with my uh, colleagues about, you know, certain things and just, and just be like, you know, it's better for the sport if I don't do anything about it or don't say anything and just, it is what it is. And you know, the truth, the truth, the, the truth will set them free eventually and the cream will rise to the top. And now that I've spent a lot of time in business um, and this is not, this is not a vindictive, Thought process. It's just a more of a matter of fact thought process, Ben. If, if I was sure. back in the college landscape and I got wind of a collegiate coach continually exploiting an NCAA rule or a loophole or anything like that, and it was it was intentional and it was continual, I would call the guy up and say, "Hey, I heard you're doing this. I think you're doing it. I, I've, I've spent enough time researching it, and if you keep doing it, I'm going to turn you in." <laughs> yeah that's it, it well you can't do that you know it's, it's it's none of it's a fact it's like yeah well i'll turn you in and they can investigate because i'm trying to make a living here i'm trying to win here i'm trying to follow the rules and if you don't want to follow them i'll i'll, I'll let I'll, I'll see if someone can help you help you follow them and yeah. i think that happens in the big boy sports i think in college football there's a lot of well, what was that one lately where didn't it was either saban or, or jim harbaugh maybe pretty much a kiss my butt on some rule right Right, the camps rule. Right, um, they can't have camps or something. Some bizarre. The you know, like I said, from we can't keep track of wrestling's NCAA rules. Now, now football, that is just uh, yeah, a whole then, other ball game. And let's not confuse Ben. There's a difference between me and you thinking a rule is ridiculous and actually breaking it. So we can have a conversation about how that rule is ridiculous. It shouldn't be a rule, but by the same token, don't break it. Um, yeah. habitually and, you know, because that's the, that's the game. The, the rules of the game are this, don't break those rules. So, you know, I mean, I think that, yeah, it's, you, you hear about stuff and it's like, man, I mean, you, you, you can't do that. That, that's a unique competitive advantage. That's why the rule is in place and you can't do that. You know what I mean? Yep, definitely. So, um, okay. So I think, you know, I think we hit that topic. Our next topic that we got on the docket would be, uh, and Tommy, I'm gonna throw some people on the bus. I'm gonna give some people pats on the oh back. Oh boy! And oh listen, boy. it happens. That's what we're here. Gonna we do. go. Yeah. Well, we're talking about when you were recruiting college wrestlers, and you get to pat yourself on the back a little bit too. Is and, and, and maybe you throw yourself under the bus. Who were some guys? And I, you know, maybe I'll, if you want me to go first, I can go first. Who were some guys that you saw and you thought this kid's gonna be very good, and he was, or maybe you thought this kid's gonna be very good and he wasn't. And who were some kids that you weren't high on? And that ended up being really good. Okay. You want me to go first or you want to? 
Yep. You want me to go first? You okay. go first, yeah. Also, I'll, give, I'll give you – I'll start off with, with one of each for myself. A kid – and we almost – I hosted this kid at the University of Missouri. Well, he's a grown-up now. And I thought I had him signed, Tommy. I, I thought it was a freaking done deal. Had him – he stayed in my house – he didn't want to party. I didn't have a season. I didn't party at all, right? And we had a great time. And this guy probably would have helped us win a national title in 2007. I think there's a good chance of that. And I was super disappointed to get him. That, that guy is Franklin Gomez. So so you thought he was going to be an animal? I thought he was going to be an animal. And he was an animal at Michigan State. If you can be an animal at Michigan State, you're, you are truly special, right? Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the truth. That's the, there's no way around that. That's the truth. You might have talent, you know, even though it doesn't exist. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, you know who knows? Yeah. But uh, you know, he was just—he was a great kid. I mean, some of the things that he was a great kid. He knew what he wanted. Um, he already knew what sacrifice was. Obviously, he's from Puerto Rico. He—he he got recruited by Brandon, Florida. He moved all the way to Florida, left his family to to kind of go pursue his wrestling dreams. So he knew what sacrifice was. Um, and so I just got a good vibe about him. Obviously, I think I think that played out. Obviously, he's got a world silver medal now. Um, we didn't get him. He went to Michigan State. Obviously, had a great career. Uh, and then one bust, one bust I had was, and I thought this kid was going to be so good, Tommy. I watched his films. Uh, he wrestled his ass off. He worked hard. He was tough. He was physical. Anthony Baldessar. Do you remember him by any chance? I remember the name. Don't okay. remember, you know, how he, he wrestled. A, he was a Jersey like kid, wrestled, and went to Iowa. I I don't think he even started. I don't think he started, you know, one time. Um, so that was uh, that was a kid who I thought was going to be pretty special. Turned out to be a bust. Uh, was he a good kid? Was he good, you know? I did You know what? I, I talked to him on the phone twice. Uh, we had good conversations. But uh, that was when I was at Arizona State, and he kind of said, you know, told, hey, I'm not really interested at this point in time. So, right. uh, obviously, we moved on. I didn't bug him anymore. Um, but, yeah, he turned out to be uh, not so good. Who so, I, here's a guy that I just thought was going to be great, and he ended up being great. And I think it was pretty good intuition on my end. He's um, a lightweight from Northwest Ohio. His name's Logan Steber. Oh, come on. <laughs> Everyone knew Steve was going to be good. Oh, jeez. Oh, anyways. How early, how early did you know he was going to be good? Oh, seventh, eighth grade. Really? Yeah, yeah. He was – because I'm an Ohioan, you know, so I sure, knew about sure. him long before he even stepped on the high school scene. Same with David Taylor. Yeah. But uh, – Do you want to tell a funny story about David Taylor? I was out at uh, I was out at the Olympic Training Center, shit, what, maybe 07 possibly. And there was a guy named, you remember Doc Bennett by any chance? Mm-hmm, of course, yeah. yeah a guy named Doc yeah. Bennett. Um, and I said, Doc, who's someone coming up in this next group? And it was, and so David was, I believe, a seventh grade at this time. I said, who's someone going to be pretty special? I said, there's this David kid, David Taylor kid out of Ohio. Ben, I guarantee you he is going to be special. And obviously we know who David Taylor is today. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess awesome. uh, a lot of people were seeing that out of David for whatever reason. And I know that David did have a lot of doubters because he was never very physically imposing. He jumped no. a lot of weight classes, and yep. there's always people kind of doubting him. No doubt, no doubt. I'll tell you one story, um, and it wasn't even like I thought this guy wasn't going to be a stud because I really thought he was going to be a stud. But I ended up putting more eggs into another guy than I sh- and, and making this, this guy I'm talking about perhaps feel like um, – I wanted the other guy more because I kind of did at the time was – you remember John Weekly? Yeah. Uh-huh. 
okay. he, was, he was a freak. Um, was he CVCA or what was he? CVCA. He was okay. a freak. Um, wrestled year round. Went wrestled all the time. Um, there was a lot of good things, and he and, and we were recruiting him and Dustin Kilgore at the same time. Now, at the time, Dustin Kilgore was great and worked hard, but he didn't do as much freestyle. He didn't do as much Fargo. He didn't do sure, Fargo. Sure. Um, but he was he was active in the offseason, but he didn't train as much. And and again, at the time, it wasn't obvious that Dustin Kilgore is an animal and John Weekly's not going to be. But um, we we put a lot of effort into John Weekly. We put, I would say, a pretty darn good amount of effort into Kilgore. And this was at my urging. And yeah. um, and we, we begged Kilgore to wait until the spring to sign because we thought at that time we would have, you know, pretty much Ohio State's version of a full scholarship, which is, you know, like 88% or something like that because because a full scholarship is so that you don't have debt, right, Ben? Yeah, That's yeah. the uh-huh. So, so – 100% covers more than not having debt. So, you know, you, you find ways to save money. So, anyways, long story short, we put our eggs into weekly. Um, he ended up working out. Uh, Kilgore, I think, was probably a little bit offended by, by the move. Um, and, and made other decisions before we had a chance to continue to recruit him. He ended up being a three-time All-American NCAA champion, made the national team a few times and, and weekly. Did not pan out at all. So that was probably my biggest recruiting blunder, and I I don't even like talking about it. I'm so mad at myself. <laughs> and I don't um, even wanna, I don't even want it to be a negative thing about weekly more than a miss on Kilgore. If that makes sure, any sense. Sure. No. That's, yeah. That makes sense. But you want to tell? You want me to tell you uh, another funny one? This, so this isn't on my my part, but uh, another recruiting blunder. Yeah. Let's go. Okay. University of Michigan recruited me, and. Truth be told, if, if they had offered me the money, I probably would have just still went to Missouri, right? <laughs> but uh, they offered Nick Roy, who ended up being an All-American, the money before me, right? Right. The following year, they offer Jake Weitzel, I'm sorry, Josh Weitzel, the money before Herbert. Unbelievable. Right? So that, <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny because that was, that was two in a row they kind of missed there. Back to back. <laughs> That's a miss. This, that, this. Is miss, boom, boom. that is a miss. That is a miss. So, but you know, I, 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 I was kind of in love with Missouri at that point. So I probably, I probably would have ended up going to the University of Missouri. But still, it was the choice that they, they, they still made that choice. They didn't know that you were probably going to Missouri. So yeah. that's the point you're making. Yeah. Um, okay. So one more. I, I want to brag one more time. I gotta find a guy I can brag about. Okay, I, you go. Mine you, is uh, well, I got I got two more. The other one I kind of talked about last week was David Habit, who I like. I watched a film where he got his butt kicked and, and he just wrestled tough. I just think he's tough, you know. Mm-hmm. And Burrow's a good fit for him. Um, but the other one was a uh, young man named Sean Garrett. And so you knew it. You knew it, huh? When I watched this film, uh, there was a handful of qualities I really like. Number one, he had a great gas tank and he wrestled hard. Right. That, right. That's super right. important. Number two, um, you could tell he moved well and could attack from different positions, which I think is, is big when you're going up to the college level. Um, and number three, he had these great tilts. And this, he had those kind of long hands, you know, where he's got that good grip. Um, so those three things just made me think, if he can attack from different angles, if he can ride, uh, you know, and tilt, and he's got a great gas tank, he's going to be a hard guy to beat. I mean, that's right. That's a great So where was he? A, where was he even a high school kid? 
You know where he was? Chico, California. Same hometown, same hometown as who, Tommy? I have no idea. The greatest quarterback in the game today, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I thought you were going to say Peyton Manning. <laughs> in your dreams. Uh, yeah. Hey, that's cool, man. How, wait, let's take this back a minute. Did you notice how Peyton didn't sue Alger, Aljairza? Oh, gosh, here we go. Yeah, well. Guilty as charged. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So if he doesn't feel like suing somebody, he's guilty. Well, you not that you see the NFL and you get investigating a lot of these other people that uh, Al Jazeera named, right? Right. So the NFL right. must think that Al Jazeera has something to their report. Oh, jeez. Um. Okay, another bust. Um. Another bust was the Altons. Everyone thought they were gonna be good. I remember calling them and recruiting them, and I, you know, I think I had one phone call, and I was pretty sure they weren't gonna come to Missouri, who where I was at the time. <laughs> And, uh, but everybody, obviously, they were good. They were good enough to wrestle in college and high school. And, like, sometimes, Tommy, if someone says the Altons only had one All American between them, I'm still thinking, like, no, nah, they can't be right. Like, you no gotta, doubt. You gotta no be forgetting no, something. Yeah. Right, right, right. So, um, that's kind of, that one kind of to me is one of those where people forget. And I had a very educated person, Tommy, call me after the episode. I had a lot of people call me after the episode. And I realized I'm talking about all these different people that called me or texted me. This guy called me. He said, "Who is the guy you're talking about that you don't think is going to make it?" I, I told him. I'm not going to say it publicly. I told the guy, and he said, "No way. You're full of crap. That guy's going to make it." And and I said, "You're forgetting. Like I, we're so short sighted." And, and then I listed, I listed off ten other guys that were just surefire number ones coming out of high school. Um, they didn't make it. And you don't. Ben, you I, we how can't. We small can't. of a percentage that is. Yeah. Hey, we can't do this on the air because I just don't think I don't feel comfortable. But I have an unbelievable record at saying who's not going to make it. <laughs> gotta, oh, come on, we got to do it on air. No way. Give me one. I got to share with you the five or six I said aren't going to make just it. Give me and they one. Did. What's that? Just give me one. I'm not doing it. I mean, if we're talking about Ohio State kids, I could probably. Free no, them no, guess. no. I can't. I, I can't. I can't do okay. it. I'm not well, doing can it. Can I guess? And you don't have to say anything. No, no. You're not even allowed to guess. How about the one guy I mentioned earlier, who's the Chris Phillips? By the way, they're not Buckeyes. No, I actually. Um, you think he was? You thought he was going to make it? Yeah, I mean, when he showed up, I saw the issues, but that doesn't count once they show up. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. So yeah, no, no, coming in, I thought, I thought a lot I mean, of him. Speaking of Chris Phillips, you know one one thing that that and this this but I'll tell you a football story about recruiting and the NFL and how they're worth billions of dollars, but sometimes I feel like they're freaking idiots. Mm-hmm. Um, but when kids hit. Puberty and maturity earlier than the kids, like in high school wrestling. Do you know how much of an advantage that is, Tommy? I mean, it is like freaking. T- like one kid who who I think he hit puberty at like thirteen. Um, my brother had to wrestle him a bunch of times. Was uh, Rocky Cozart from Florida? Right. I mean, that kid had a freaking beard at fourteen years old. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's a huge advantage, right? And so, right, right. Um, so sometimes you look at those physical attributes and you forget that. Well, the the playing field's gonna even. It you know might not even. By the time they're seniors in high school, but it's going to even by the time they're seniors in college. That's for sure. No doubt. Um, no doubt. So one guy, college guy, kid named Josh Freeman. You know who I'm talking about? No, I don't. Quarter, he was quarterback at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. And at Kansas State, and he so he played on. I was roommates with Chase Kaufman, who who plays in the NFL, um, was first team All American at Missouri, and I was roommates with Mark Ellis, who was obviously a national champion heavyweight, and. Those guys both played peewee football with Josh Freeman, and they freaking love Josh Freeman. They, they you know, just good friends. They love, mm-hmm. they're tight. And I watched Josh Freeman because he's at Kansas State, play against Missouri. That dude couldn't hit the freaking broadside of a barn with a football. 
mean, he couldn't. He couldn't. He was just like it was like, wow, this guy's just not very good at that position. That's right. all it was to it. No, nothing about his character. Nothing. He's not very good at what he does. Okay, and so he ends up getting drafted first round in the NFL because he's six six, two forty, runs fast, throws it far. Because he's right? talented. Got it. Because he meets the <laughs> metrics of what the NFL is looking for. Oh, right? Okay, that's, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and so obviously he did not make it in the NFL. I think he was there for three years, had one moderately decent season, but he was out, right? Because mm-hmm. the guy couldn't hit the broadside of a bar with a football, and that's just how it was. Um, and then a guy like Chase Daniel, who is amazing in Missouri now, he's now been a backup quarterback in the league for almost eight or nine years. So he's probably not too salty because he's probably made many millions of dollars by now. But uh, I mean, he can't get a shot in the NFL because he's five eleven, and it's kind of a uh, it's kind of stupid. But that's just I think the NFL really looks too much at uh, physical attributes. I metrics. do agree they look at it too much. Too not- much. Too much is is different than they shouldn't look at it at all because they should. But no, yeah, they should. They should. It's sure. too much for sure. I agree. Um. Okay, Tommy. We are. Uh, let's see. We're fifty two minutes deep right now. We got. Um, we were going to tell our recruiting stories and then you know other other funny ones. Um, that's going to take up way more than eight minutes. I think we should do a third episode. Third better. episode. So do we want to talk about? Anyone, and I was thinking we probably shouldn't do bust. Who's going to be a high school kid that's going to bust around? That's just too mean. Mm-hmm. Um, I do agree. Okay, it's too mean. So let's I, do. Let's I think do. we should find. I think we should identify some recruits that aren't. Yes. Okay. Mark cool. Halls and say I think he's got it. Yeah. Okay. So you got anyone on on? Uh, I will for. Oh, you mean right now? Yeah, right now. It's so someone who's going to college. Someone who's going to college right now, and he's he's just finally turning it up. Um, but I, I had I had him at Funky Fresh Camp the last four years. Kid named Ben Darmstadt out of Ohio. Well, I've he's, heard I've heard good things he's about him. Cornell, but man, I, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story, Tommy. When he was, I believe he was a freshman. He came up with this kid named Corey Shy, another tough kid from Ohio, and he was just this scraggly, one hundred sixty pound freshman. And so we have an invite process for our Funky Fresh. We only let the you know try to get really good kids there. And I, when he uh-huh. showed up, I'm like, what the hell am I doing letting this kid in camp? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, how did I let him, how did he get in? Anyways, like, I think the first night, he busted his eye, and uh, it wasn't too bad, so I took him to Walgreens, put some super glue on it, he was good to go, rest of camp, great kid. Um, but he's just gotten, he's one of those kids who matured late, and he's just been getting better and better and better. He has had a insanely good junior duels, and so... He's a kid that he wasn't one of those top guys, but man, if he doesn't well, do some how damage, old is he again? he's going to Cornell. I believe he's going to do a gray shirt. Um, if he doesn't do some damage there, I will. Uh, I'll be kind of surprised. Yeah, I'm trying to. Th- I mean, obviously, my scope is a little bit um, smaller because I'm not plugged into the high school scene like you. But I'm trying to think of some high school kids, preferably Ohio kids, because I follow it closer. Guys that I just think. A lot of, I mean, I want to say Alex Marinelli, but that's not really a call out. I mean, everybody yeah. knows he's gonna be pretty good, but I, I think, I think a lot of him. Everyone knows he's gonna be a superstar. Yeah, I can't, I can't find anybody that's like kind of out of the woodwork. But I've heard good things about the Darmstadt kid, really good things. He, he's he's real deal. Um, another kid, which, but this doesn't really fit the 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 quota of not that good. Renan, Nick Renan, I've got to work with him quite a bit at the Funky Fresh camps. Um, I think he's gonna be very good. Has a lot of those qualities that I would be looking for. As a college coach, he's headed to uh, North Carolina State now, 
Um, okay, I'm, I'm looking through. Uh, I'm looking through the 2016 rankings right now. I'm trying to trying to pick out someone. I think you doing Intermat or Flow? Uh, or? I'm on Flow right now. You know, I'm biased. Uh, <laughs> the Brian Courtney kid, I think, is pretty damn good, but I think everyone knows that, so I wouldn't really. I don't know that I would say that's going to be. Well, I mean, we have to anybody. talk about kids that are like. You know, do you know Dominic Demas? Yeah, of course. So he's an Ohio kid. I, I coached so, him at uh, Burnett's the one time. Yeah, he's a big time recruit, and you know, uh, at least I think he is. He's his, gonna, well, his brother wrestled at, at Ohio. Brother State. wrestled Ohio State. Right. I, I think Dominic has a better physical build than Josh. I think he's gonna be more able to get cagey and physical at the college scene. I think I think he's gonna be pretty damn good. Huh. I'm trying to. Uh... I wish I could contribute more, to be quite honest. I'm just not as in touch as I should be on this subject. I wish I could have done some research. Well, shoot us yours, guys. Tweet us at T. Rowan Funky, at Tommy Rollins, at Ben Askren. Tweet us who do you think is going to be uh, pretty amazing in the next generation. And, that's uh, not obvious. Try to, that's not an that's obvious. That's not obvious. Don't tell us freaking Mark Hall or Spencer <laughs> Lee or Dayton. <laughs> like, give me a free- Another guy who's he's pretty freaking good, but... Uh, Bra- uh, Bo Bresky. He's, uh, he is a Fargo champ. He's from this area. Uh, Where's he going? He's going to Nebraska. But here's the thing, Tommy, that people don't realize about him. And that, like, has me going, holy crap. Cause I didn't even think about it really. Tommy, he's still 17. I love it. He's still 17. You know how big of a disadvantage that is? Obviously, it's, he's won everything, so it's not a huge disadvantage. But, dude, there's a lot of maturing he's got left to do. Um, when kids are that young, when they graduate high school, um, versus some of these kids are nineteen, that that makes a freaking gigantic difference. Huge, big time. I was, I turned eighteen on June third, so I mean, I wasn't as young as Bresky, but I was young, and uh, I think it helped me because obviously I grew an inch in college and physically came on late. I was forced to to understand technical skill development because I, that's all you could rely on because I didn't have the physical yep. attributes or the physical strength, you know what I mean, that uh, sure. these guys have. So, Okay, well, let's see. Any closing thoughts? Or, so next week we're going to go uh, tell our recruiting stories and then Absolutely. also uh, you know, t- I'm going to tell some funny ones that kids, we, kids I hosted at the University of Missouri. Um, we'll get into I, some, I good, some, yeah, some, some good ones. Some happy-go-lucky stuff. And then, uh, is there anything else? Well, Fargo, we're still two weeks away. So I'll probably take Fargo week off of this, if that's okay with you, because I'll be busy up there. Um, no problem. So we got one episode next week that'll cut it for recruiting. And, Tommy, we might have to do an, uh, some kind of Olympic preview, because after I get back from Fargo, I think we're only one week away from uh, Olympic. Uh, I think we should do Olympic two summers. weeks of the Olympics, man. I mean, what, we are we do- do, what are we doing, previews, weight class previews? or what Yeah, three weights. Just, just not even previews, because, you know, just – talking about the american and yeah kind of previous but just talking about like we should do like two up ep- two episodes three weights three weights and just spend 20 minutes on each guy sure i could do that and their weight class and what they got to do and all that stuff yeah i think uh i think that would work out great so um unless you got anything else I- i'm good for the night i'm good man just thank defense soap can't thank those guys enough all right have a great night tommy all right buddy see ya